welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I am excited uh, today to be able to share uh, a vision sermon for 2014. And uh, as I share uh, what's on my heart, what I kind of feel where our church is going, uh, I got to admit that I had to reread and reacquaint myself with the prophecy that was given to our church a couple years ago about running downhill. Um, You know, just being able to say that we haven't done enough. We, there's not a place to stop. You keep going forward. You keep advancing the cause of Christ. You don't rest. You may pause, but you don't stop. Does that make sense? You may pause to catch your breath and reorganize and, and add depth, but you don't stop. We keep moving forward. And, and uh, even some people I was talking to this past week, they're like, haven't you done enough? I mean, settle down. How many campuses do you want? And I was like, I don't know. We just, I just want to reach more people, and uh, I want to do all that we can. I had to reacquaint myself again to another prophecy that was given in our elder meeting about uh, being in the ready position. And I just feel like... Um, we need to be in the ready position, that that is very true for our church, that we're in that position where God is going to bring us more than we can ask, imagine, think. I just, I feel that. I feel that we're on that uh, verge again of a, another type of year like this. So 2014 is, is something that I'm very, very, very excited about. And uh, I want to let you know that our theme for this year that I'll, I'll be going back to over and over and over again is the series that we're starting next week. When we talk about perfect work, I want to let you know that that comes from James uh, chapter 1, verse 4. And as I was praying about our church, we've been growing and growing and growing and adding and adding and adding, and I don't see that stopping, but I really felt like we had to have a focus very much so on growth, on on maturity, on letting God do something in us. And so uh, James 1, 4, it says, but let patience have its perfect work, and that's where we got the title from, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so I'm praying that patience and and what the Holy Spirit's going to do in us this year is going to help us to all of a sudden, uh, whatever we're lacking is going to be shored up. We're going to be stronger in those areas. We're going to see people maturing, and uh, a lot of our sermon series will be helping us to mature as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, I will let you know that um, it, it may hurt a little this year. Didn't get any amens there. 
It may hurt. I just, I just felt this very strongly. And again, just so you know, I had to reread those prophecies. And I really, just even in my own mind, I thought, what if people quit? And what if we call for too much? And what if we ask for too much? And what if the standard is too high? And what if, what if it means we have to die to self and kill the flesh? And, and things have to go that are hindering us? And, and what if people don't like that? And in today's age, it's like it's, it's a, people like a softer gospel. And I'm like, well, we're going to throw it a little harder this year. And, and people were like, in my mind, I was like, okay, we may lose some. And God reassured me, you're not. We're going to go forward. This is the right time. You're hearing from me. This is the right thing. There's going to be discipline. It's going to be discipline like being in practice, and nobody enjoys practice, but I'll tell you what, it's great to practice hard and win the game. Uh, I'd rather practice hard and win the game than slough off at practice and be embarrassed in front of a grandstand full of people. So it's it's a year to really practice hard and dig in deep, and I want to give you a couple insights. Um, I set my goals for this year, and I won't give you my goals, but um, one of them, I'll tell you one. One was to read uh, way more of the older sermons. I want to go way back in time and go back and read older sermons and you know, b- go back a little bit to Billy Graham, go to C.M. Ward, go to Charles Spurgeon, go to Jonathan Edwards, and I've already been having a steady diet of that, and I'm just going to let you know that that might influence my preaching a little, all right? And anything that I do, I'm going to blame on Spurgeon. All right, so anyways, but, um, so I just want to let you know that that's one of my goals. I did set it as a goal, and I'm just devouring it. I mean, it. I love what's current, and I love what's fresh, and I love what's relevant now, but sometimes I feel like today can be a lot of how-to and this and that, and everybody's looking for a shortcut, and I'm going back in my study and my challenging myself and my growth to like just protein and push-ups and, and spiritual digging in in that way. And uh, that's just something that you're going to see in today's sermon um, is even influenced heavily by uh, a lot of those people. Um, I want to let you know as well that when I'm speaking to you today, I'm speaking to you as your pastor. Um, I, I have a pastor's heart that just isn't going to change. No matter how big we get as a church, no matter how many campuses we have, um, my heart is to say hi to everyone. My heart is to be at everything. My heart would be to even stop the sermon right now and go over and hug someone that just lost their father. I would, I would love to go and be with the people that are there. And you just got to know that's my heart. That's my heart. And so a pastor's heart right now is pouring out to you. And um, I keep asking for this year, um, God, what do you want to do in your church and in these people and through them? And how can we pastor them? And how can the pastors of this church uh, give account for the people that you bring through the doors to each of our campuses? We, you know, we have a responsibility and there's a burden and there's a weight there. And Paul talks about, you know, all the things that happened to him that are all bad. And then he says, and I bear the weight of the church. And uh, I got to let you know, we, you have a, a pastor here that wants to see you excel this year and grow and uh, get all that God has for you. So hear a pastor's heart uh, today, this year, and know that all of your pastors, when they're preaching, your campus pastors or Pastor Darren or whoever's preaching, um, they have pastor's hearts for you. They have pastor's hearts. They are not just preachers saying, give me a shot to preach the word. They're saying, let me pastor this church through preaching. And uh, that's the heart. I want to let you know that uh, we have a few things to celebrate, all right? Uh, Celebrate a few things from 2013. And I won't go into all the details, but there's a couple of things that uh, I just had to celebrate with you as we look back and then look forward. Um, In 2013, um, we saw 3,500 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. And to me, that is amazing. Isn't that amazing? 
That is just amazing to me when I think about that. And, and I will let you know this. When I got the official report uh, just recently, it said 3,499. But uh, I met a guy, uh, D'Artagnan, and I think we have a picture of him. Go ahead, throw it up. He's the guy in the middle. He is working at our Minotristic campus in the blue, and he gave his heart to the Lord at the construction site. Uh, that's Dave Bester, one of our deacons. He led him to faith in Jesus Christ right before Christmas. So we have 3,500 because of D'Artagnan. So I just wanted you to see that. And uh, just so exciting to see that. And, and, you know, we saw people come to faith in Jesus Christ in our church services, our kids' ministry, um, our youth ministry. We saw people at funerals, hundreds. And if you're not familiar, uh, our church believes in that moment that at a funeral, we're all faced with eternity, that it's a great time to give an appeal for people to have a, a look at eternity and say, am I right with Jesus Christ? And we saw hundreds of people saved at funerals this year. And uh, some people might doubt it and say, does, does that really count? Do those really stick? Do they really matter? And yes, they matter. Yes, they count. Yes, they really stick. And even in my own doubts, sometimes you wonder like, okay, all these people at the funeral raising their hands. I had uh, just recently two people came up to me and said, hey, I was at that funeral a year ago. Want to let you know my life has completely changed. I've been coming to church. It's real. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and it's real. And every one of those decisions counts, but we have a great responsibility to, to disciple them. We have a great responsibility to disciple them and to say, God, help us to get them plugged into life groups, finding their place of ministry. Help us to make room for them at our various campuses by adding services and serving and doing all we can. But that is an incredible, incredible, incredible number to celebrate. Uh, 3,500 people uh, made a faith decision for Jesus Christ. So amazing. Now, another thing, um, we've celebrated it many, many, many times, but just want to give you the final number here. Uh, Kingdom Builders Giving, which is our over and above our regular giving. Uh, we have our regular tithes and offering that pays for everything that the church does around here. And then Kingdom Builders are the projects that we do over and above. We build our buildings this way. We reach out in missions and do that. We set a goal for 2.5 million, and we all know that we went over that, but the final number was $2,745,204, and it's just amazing to me, and I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Lives were changed. Uh, I want to let you know this. We have a stack of letters uh, on Pastor Justin's desk, our, our global project pastor, uh, he, and also our Apple Valley campus pastor. He has a stack of letters from missionaries saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. You will not believe the impact we're making around the world. Uh, I can let you know that in India, we gave $100,000, which will lead to about 1,000 churches being started. I mean, just put that in context. Just one year, and we're going to do that again this year. Uh, we gave to Convoy of Hope, One Hope, A21, Messenger International. Again, we gave to Cuba to help the church there. Um, our, our, our youth group had their best year ever raising money for vehicles for missionaries. Uh, it's called Speed the Light, and uh, they had their best year ever for giving to missions. So great job, youth group. Uh, our equipment giving and giving to printed materials. By the way, our kids, our, our little kids had their best year ever raising money. And so these are huge things to celebrate. And uh, I just had, you, had to let you know, I mean, to go that far, um, it's an incredible, incredible thing. And I thank God for everything that he's doing. 
So uh, there's other amazing things that happen, but I can't go into all those because we're going to look at 2014. And uh, I'm going to give you a few goals, and I will not share all of them with you. We'll just release them over the next couple weeks. Um, But uh, I just want to let you know uh, our Kingdom Builders goal. I felt really strong that I wanted to share this in this message. And uh, I believe it's a very special year. I'm just going to let you know it's a very special year. And I want you to hear me out on this all the way, all right? I, as much as we jumped from 1.6 million to 2.5 and then actually wound up at 2.754, you know, okay, this was a year that I kept hearing God say, uh, double it. And uh, I, I was like, double the total, double what we gave, double. And I'm just, I'm going to tell you honestly, I really felt strongly that God said double it and Kingdom Builders was going to be $5 million dollars. Now, before everybody runs for the door, and uh, here's what I prayed. I prayed instead of saying, uh, oh my, I prayed that the church would say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's see what we can do. Here's the thing. We are a giant church, and we're going to play to our strength. We're going to play to our strength. Let's play to our strength in the fact that there are so many of us and that God has blessed us all so differently and some of us have great wealth and great assets and the ability to change the world through our giving. We're going to play to our strength and instead of just playing it safe, we're going to go for it. And I want to let you know that Apple Valley is, is planning to expand and get rid of the polls and expand from 950 seats to 1,600 seats, but that needs $2.4 million. Savage, which we just want to celebrate, uh, got their land ready right off of 169, right across from Best Buy, right next to Home Depot, 13 acres. It's ours. We signed the deal. And uh, now Savage is trying to raise $1 million, right? Or 1.8. And when we have 1.8 million, we'll have that uh, building start. We have some in hand that rolls over on both of these projects. But I'm just letting you know. And we can't stop our missions giving. Kingdom Builders can't just be about buildings. It's about buildings and missions. And there's too many missionary commitments that I've already said yes to um, that we're going to have to fund. And in one of those is we're going to send over 100 teenagers on their global team this year, the sophomores, juniors, and seniors. We've never seen a response like this ever before with Kingdom Builders. It's our biggest year ever. That's going to need $300,000 alone. And when I looked at all the things that are going on, it's $5 million. And I'm just telling you, I, I believe we can do it. I know we can do it. And I am believing that Apple Valley and Savage are going to be allowed to focus heavily on their buildings, but still give to missions. And I'm speaking now to Faribault, Edina area, and Minatrista. I'm just very specifically speaking right to you. I believe you're going to give a million plus to missions. Okay? I really believe that. I really believe a couple of things. First of all, Faribault, you had your best year ever in Kingdom Builders. Best year, like blew it out of the water. And I really believe there's an anointing on our Faribault campus now for missions. It wasn't there before. It's arrived and it's there. We need to pastor that. We need to see that come to pass. And I want you to know, Faribault, you, you've done your parking lot, your siding, your roof, your kids' area. We got rid of the leaks. We did all those things to fix up the place. This is the year. All that seed, instead of going into the campus there, it's going to missions, and you need to be heavy with this. Minatrista, they're going into their building 
in the building in Minnetrista, January 12th, we're, we're having the first service there, and no other campus, please don't show up that day. Go visit other days to see them, but that's their day, and we've sent out a mailer. But Minnetrista, you've been giving for two years towards your building. This is your year to give seed to the people of the nations of the world. This is your year to give to missions, and your kingdom builders has, has changed. And if I could say this to the Edina area campus, um, I felt this very strongly, just like Esther in the book of Esther, where they say, for, you were here for such a time as this. There's something going on there. There's a, a willingness and a generosity and a leaning in. And when I shared with you that I really felt that we needed a million dollars for missions, the campus clapped and rejoiced and, and celebrated that I threw out that challenge. And I'm just believing this. So together I'm believing that we can do this. We're saying instead of, oh my, I'm saying we're in. And so let me lead us quick in a prayer for that. God, I pray right now that we would say, I'm in, and each of us would look inside of our heart. This is a giant goal, but we're playing to our strengths, and we're playing and saying, God, you are going to enable us to use what we have to make a huge kingdom impact. So God, help us to achieve this and go even over and above it. Uh, Increase our faith. uh, Help us to all be in on this, and let us use what we have to make a, a huge, huge kingdom impact. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, a couple other things quickly. I believe we're going to add two more Minnesota sites. I believe we're going to acquire at least one, and I believe we're going to start one. I can't share any other details with you other than more details will follow, but I think that's going to happen this year. Um, I think we're going to grow by 1,000 people in our current sites, and the only reason it's not higher is because of space limiters. We're adding services and adding services. We're just running out of space. That's why we have expansion projects and expansion project and expansion project, but I believe that 1,000, now think about that, 1,000 people where it's just going to happen. It's going to come. They're going to be here. That means we have to step up in leadership. And I believe that we're going to have a huge commitment to maturity. Again, we're going to see more volunteers, uh, more Holy Spirit baptisms, more water baptisms, more leaders, more tithers, more kingdom builders. And the Perfect Work series that's coming up, you're going to want to be part of it and be in a life group. Um, Just to clarify again, it's not new work for you to do, although you're going to be called to do work. It's a perfect work in you a perfect work in you. The Holy Spirit's gonna work on you in this series. And I know that we have space for thousands of people to sign up right now. We have space for thousands of people to sign up. So if you're wondering if there's room, there's room for you. There's life groups all over. And uh, you can sign up at lifegroups.rivervalley.org, lifegroups.rivervalley.org. And uh, there's a lot of people that are working to get this done. And this is a year of maturity. Um, I've never been more excited about what God's doing in our church and in my life and in us personally than ever before. And the opportunity that's ahead of us just fires me up. I mean, I, I, can, I, I can hardly contain it. I'm trying to hold my composure here. I want to tell you this. Um, our church is very, very healthy. Our church is very healthy. I'm very excited about that. Very healthy. I want to let you know that Becca and I are very healthy. And just if you hear about this, uh, we're actually going to go to the Mayo Clinic and do like a executive leadership physicals just to check us out. Where there's nothing, you know, all right? So we're going there just to be check out and go do those things. But I really want to do that as we go into all this stuff. And um, I want to let you know that uh, something that's on our heart is to learn our pace, Okay. Uh, to learn our pace. Uh, I'm having to learn to say what to say yes to and what to say no to. Uh, I love to say yes to everything. I thought my wife would amen that. Okay, but... uh, (laughs) 
And what I've had to learn too is that Becca and I are created very differently. Uh, before God called her into ministry, she was an accountant, loved her cubicle, never wanted to be in front of people. And now uh, she's called into ministry and she's leading ministry with the ladies and oh, a thousand ladies that sparkle. But uh, I'm having to learn as well to realize that Becca doesn't run at the same pace as I do. And that's a new thing for our marriage. And I want to be a better husband in that area and protect her. And uh, I honestly say this, not just like, hey, pray for us people. I, I very much so, as your pastor, am asking for your prayers. I mean that. I ask for it. I desire it. We desire it. We need it. We need it. We're going to new levels and new levels. And I have spiritual mentors that are speaking into my life. But you've got to understand, our church is becoming one of the largest in America. Our church is becoming one of the leaders in multi-site. People are coming to us for answers. And we're trying to figure this out. There are new pressures, new levels, new devils, new things that are going on. And we desperately desire your prayers. So please... um, this would just mean a lot. I know Becca's here. Uh, I'm here. And even if you can't see at your campus, would you just, just if you just say, I'll, I'll remember to pray for you. I'll write it down. Could you just raise your hand and just say, I'm in, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. I appreciate your prayer so much. Um, all right, some of you are wondering, is there a text today? Uh, is there a text? There is, all right? I have two of them, and I have a whole bunch to say, so I'm going to get going. Ecclesiastes 9.10 and John 9.4 are two passages that I want to use. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. And John 9, 4 says, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. He said, night is coming when no one can work. And I'm telling you, if you want to look at why we're doing what we're doing and what's going on here, these texts give us a, a glimpse as to why we're here and what we're doing. Because have you ever noticed that when somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ, God leaves them here. He doesn't zap them into heaven. Wouldn't that be great if that's what happened? Like, give your heart to Jesus, and as soon as you do, you get zapped out. Also, where'd Becca go? She's up. All right, she's gone. All right, she gave her life to Jesus. How many know that? He doesn't do that. He leaves us here. He leaves us here for something to do. And we know that we're not saved because of our works, and we did a whole series on that. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you know, we're saved uh, by faith through grace. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. Okay, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't work our way into heaven. It's by grace that we get into heaven through Jesus Christ. But Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So there's something for us to do. And the first thing about Ecclesiastes 9.10, it's like, what can I do? What can I do? The first thing I tell you is this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it. It's saying whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. It doesn't say whatever your heart wants to do, do it. How many know there's a big difference between heart and hand? Okay? How many know my heart can be in Africa with our Swaziland campus? And I'm thinking about all the things, but my hand needs to make sure that it gets the sermon done this week. Okay? A lot of us have our heart somewhere else, and we think about where we want to be five years from now, ten years from now, all these other things, but our hands need to get to work. Our hands need to do whatever we can. Our heart may say, I want to do global ministry, but your hands need to say, how about being a youth leader here? 
Okay, your heart may say, um, I- I'd love to go over there, but how about reaching your neighbor this year? How about setting a goal of saying, I will use my hand to invite three or four or five people to hear the message of Jesus Christ presented at church this year? You say, I would be a great preacher in Africa. Well, how about being a great neighbor where your hands are? Anything I say that's hard this year will be blamed on Spurgeon. Remember that. All right. You say, if I had a million dollars, your heart may speculate. If I had a million dollars, boy, would I give to kingdom builders. Instead of saying what your heart would do, what will your hand do with the $75,000 that will pass through it this year? Think about it. Our hearts are there and our hands are here. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it. Do it with all your might. Do it and go for it. Don't just wait and wait and wait. And again, I was reading this about uh, Spurgeon. Uh, I'm going to blame him on this one. He said, nine out of ten people that come to me and say, Pastor, what can I do in the church are just trying to cover for a lazy spirit. That's what he said. And I said that in like 1859. He said, nine out of ten people that come to me and say, Pastor, what can I do? He said, really are just trying to sound good and they're really trying to cover up for a lazy spirit. He said, because you look around, there's so much need. There's so much need. I mean, the world is like a triage unit. People are dying everywhere. We have needs everywhere. People are like, where can I help at church? Really, you should say, I've assessed the church. There are the following 10 areas where help is desperately needed. Pastor, which one should I prioritize? Isn't that a much better way to do it? That shows that you're interested, you're ready, you're ready to go. And let's go for it instead of saying, well, where can I help? And there's people everywhere. Teach kids, lead the youth group, help with life groups. Uh, you know, let's go, let's do something. People say, well, I would like, I'm more of a leadership type. I'm more of a global leader, you know? You know what my first job, you know what Pastor Darren and I, our first job in ministry was setting up chairs. We showed up to the youth group. We're ready to change the world. We're like, we're in the Bible college. We're ready to change the world. Pastor, what do you want us to do? He goes, go set up those chairs. Like, okay, because we're ready to change the world, you know. He's like, set them up. At the end of service, we're like, do you need us to pray with anyone? He's like, no, I need you to take down those chairs and stack them over there. Like, because we're ready to change the world. You've got two really high-quality guys here. He's like, okay, stack the chairs. We'll see you next week. Stack the chairs. Okay? It starts with your hands, whatever your hands find to do. And then when your hands are busy, then you get permission to do what's in your heart. Okay, so don't despise the day of small beginnings. Let's go for it. Let's do whatever we can and whatever our hands find to do, let's go for it, all right? And if you're new here, we want you to get involved right away. And if you're here from another place, maybe you've been wounded in another another church and you're like, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm on mission now with you guys, but I'm a little wounded or whatever. Can I tell you what? You need to get to work. You need to get to work. Uh, Nobody is put into an induced coma at River Valley Church, all right? You are not that wounded, all right? We're not going to do that. You are going to get to work and get on the treadmill, make a little difference, serve a little soup, do whatever you can. But I'll tell you what, if if we just let you sit there like in a spiritual coma, I believe spiritual infection will set in. That's what happens to a lot of churches. They got a bunch of people, well, I'm wounded. I'm going to sit here and wait until I'm not wounded anymore. And then that coma sets in, that infection comes in, and bitterness comes in. That's not the case for you. Uh, Procrastination is the enemy, so you need to get involved. You can go to serve.rivervalley.org. How easy is that? Serve.rivervalley.org. And by the way, on leadership night, let me just declare this. We are having leadership night. It is going to be minus 26. We're having leadership night. Here's what I, I felt. 
Green Bay is not canceling their game, and it's going to be minus eight. And they're going to have people sit outside. In my, matter of fact, we should put leadership night in the parking lot. Campus pastors, <laughs> leadership, let's be tougher than the Packer fans. Okay, no, we won't, but we'll have leadership night inside. Some of you are like, well, the Packers fans, they're all lit up. You know, they're drinking, you know, so. I'll tell you what, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and get here, all right? We won't be drunk with wine. We'll be filled with the Spirit. Now, don't risk your kids, but dress in lairs, preheat the car, and have your cell phone charged up. Come on, let's be, seriously, I got another quote for you. This is an old school preacher, W.E. Sangster. He said, how will I feel at Judgment Day and all my excuses prove to be disguises of my cowardice and pride? Ooh, that hurt when I read that. Well, how would we feel at Judgment Day? We're like, yeah, Lord, I know, I missed it, and then I didn't go to perfect work. I missed out because it was cold. And he's like, seriously? Seriously? Man, I wish you were a Packer fan. At least you would have went outside, you know. <laughs> I had somebody text me. They said, don't let the dome make you soft. Come on, don't let the dome make you soft. Let's toughen up, all right. How will we do it? We're gonna do it with all of our might. And I wrote this down. Don't give God a toss. Don't give God like, okay, here you go, God. Give God a wind-up, baby. Give God everything you've got. And the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. A heartless church isn't going anywhere. It isn't going anywhere. All your might. Man, I want to preach with all my might. One time in the history of the church, I was preaching, and there was nothing there. It was like nothing. I hated the sermon. My heart wasn't in it. I was just, it was dry. And so I folded up my sermon, and I chucked it across the stage. Everybody thought it was a sermon illustration. It wasn't. And um, I just said, I don't ever want to preach without my heart in it. I don't ever want to sing without my heart in it. I don't want our worship leaders to just go through the motions. I don't want you to go through the motions. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And all of our might needs a lot of prayer because here's what I've learned. We are just the small digits that infinity multiplies through. We are nothing but the small digits that infinity multiplies through. God is infinity times one equals infinity. You are the small digit. He is the infinity. And if we're going to do it with all of our might, we've got to pray. That's why we have 21 days of prayer and fasting that are starting January 12th through February 1st. And it's an admission that we are nothing but the small digit that God multiplies his infinite resources through. And he says, if you will humble yourself, if you'll admit this year you need me, I'm going to work through you in great ways. And so I challenge you, there there will be cards given out at church. They're on that Welcome Center even now this weekend. Let's have a focus of prayer and let's do it with all of our might. Let's go for it. And the last thing I'd say is this, we, we don't forget that we're doing this because the text says death is coming. It's coming for all of us. It's coming for all of us. We have it so good on this earth. We have it so good where we live. We are so blessed to live where we live. I mean, let's not forget, this is not all there is. There is eternity. There is a real end to everyone's life. And every funeral we officiated this year and and shared the gospel, it was a reminder, every one of us is going to die. We're all going to be met with the same end. Let's not uh, just think that this is all there is. Man, it says there's a deadline. There's a deadline, and all I could think about when I was preparing the message was, if you remember in school, you do those math tests, and you had to go and do it as fast as you can. You do the 100, and you try to get through, and then they'd say, time's up, pencils down, and you drop. There's going to be a day, time's up, pencils down. That's what the other text said. 
it's day. We get to work while it's day. There's gonna be a night and it'll be done and you can't work. And I'm looking forward to all the celebration that'll be there. But until then, I'm gonna get to work and I I wanna hear well done because there is a deadline. We have words to speak, hands to use, money to give and, and the grave will stop all of it. The grave will stop all of it. Only the things we said that will echo in people's mind, only the money that will already have been given, only the people we helped that will be there say, man, I remember when, but at death, it's over, it's done, there's a deadline. And then the last thing, I just, I cannot miss this. Here's the why. I've been asked recently two times, and I thought it was interesting, two times people asked me, they said, does River Valley Church believe in hell? And uh, I said, yes, we do. And I understand where they're coming from because in today's culture, how many know that the world is trying to turn Jesus into a chaplain and not the savior of the world? Really, the world is just trying to turn Jesus into a chaplain. Like you just keep your little chaplain Jesus in the church and you guys have your little chaplain Jesus over there and don't talk to us about him being the savior of the world. He's the savior of the world. He's the savior. And the Bible says, if you believe on him, you're saved. If you don't, you're condemned. That's what it says. John 3, 18, it says, those that don't believe, they're condemned. And, and, and I wish that I could write a book that said, everybody gets in, but I can't. That's not the way I read it. That's not the way I see it. Jesus said, no one gets to the Father except through him. That's why we give the mission so much. That's why it drives us. That's why we do what we do. Um, and we do believe in hell. And we believe that no one should want to go there. It's not a place for anyone to desire. It should bother us that people are going there. We should think about the people we're going to call this year and try to get them to church. We should be brainstorming ways to reach more people. We should be sacrificing and doing whatever we can. Uh, It's just, I can't believe that we would want to be followers of Jesus Christ that wouldn't be motivated to say, I want to help save people from a place I believe exists. I mean, if we, if we don't believe the Bible, that's one thing, but we believe it. We believe it. We believe it, so we're gonna go for it. We're gonna go for it. We're gonna run downhill. We're gonna be in the ready position, and I believe that God's gonna give us the strength to do all this, and we're gonna say, God, whatever our hand finds to do, we're gonna do it with all our might. We're gonna do it with all our might. It's daytime. We get to work. What a privilege. What a privilege. We get to be workers. We get to make a difference. Our lives matter. We have purpose. We have meaning. Our money is just not to buy stuff. Our money gets to change lives for eternity. Man, that's a joy. That is a joy. And I'm praying that in 2014, whatever our hand finds to do, we will do it with all of our might. So Lord, I do pray that. I pray that whatever our hand finds to do, we would do it with all of our might. We're not here in this church by accident. We are here on purpose. You have a calling on us. You have a a purpose for us. We are a large church. And we will not use our largeness to make it easy for ourselves and to sit in comfort and and wait for people to catch up. Instead, we're going to keep running as fast as we can, reaching as many people as we can, and encouraging as many people. And I pray that this year would also be a year for us to bring as many churches along with us as we possibly can. I'm praying you'd speak to our elders in our retreat coming up. Speak to us if we're supposed to do a conference to train other churches. Speak to us. Speak to us and help us to know if that's something we're supposed to add so that we can help bring more people along on this journey. But God, whatever our hand finds to do, help us to do it with all of our might. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I thank you, God, for every single person that's saying, yes, I'm in. I thank you for every person that is cautious and is counting the cost. Thank God for that. But I pray they'd be in. And I thank you, God, for those that out of great wealth 
will give much and those that out of very little will sacrifice. But I thank you, God, that each of us will do what we're called to do. Whatever our hands find to do, may we do it with all of our might. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.